Welcome to Business Rescue 101, hosted by business coach Jeff Miles and guest Grant Thorpe. There we have seven ideas to get some leads for growing your business. We talked about the yellow pages, building a database, we talked about hosting events, we talked about sponsorship, business cards, we talked about signage, we talked about seminars, we talked about worship. We've covered a lot of ideas of how to get leads to come into your business. Exactly, Jeff, but there's no good bringing those leads in if we don't have a mechanism, a vehicle to convert those leads into some business. So let's share some ideas of how do we increase our conversion of leads. Well, firstly, why don't we offer some guarantees, Jeff? Well, this was one of the challenges that I had about my business coaching practice. What makes me special? Because I'm asking people to take a risk, and I want to eradicate that risk from clients. So I thought, well, you know, do I offer a money-back guarantee? And I thought that that was pretty weak. So I wanted someone to be reassured up front because I want clients to pay me up front. And how can I reduce the risk? Well, how can I reverse the risk? So one of the ways of doing that was I decided to offer, I want my clients to pay me in advance and at the end of 30 days. So not at the end of 12 months or 90 days or 12 years, I've decided to put a 30-day double your money back. So whatever the client pays me in advance at the beginning of the month, I will work hard for that client. And at the end of the month, if they're not happy, and in my terms of business says, if you're not happy that it's Tuesday, if you're not happy that it's raining, if you're not happy that it's not raining, I will give you double your money back. So I am the one that's taking all the risk. That's one of the ways that I can increase the conversion to my business. Jeff, I love that strategy. You know, the win-win guarantee is dead. What? I don't understand. What do you mean? Well, How can you say the win-win strategy is dead? Well, the win-win strategy was, you know, if you're not happy, I'll give you your money back. Yeah. Well, there's win-win. No, what we're looking for now is win-lose, and that's what you're offering. You're offering win-lose. If you're not happy, I'll give you twice your money back. So I lose. Yeah. And people go, well, if you're going to lose and there's no risk to me, I'll buy. And you know what? They can double or triple your sales result because you have a win-lose guarantee. They win and only you can lose. So what I would ask the listener to do out there is look at your business and see where you can take the risk away from your customer. Sit there and think hard, because some of these strategies that Grant and I are coming up with may not apply to your business. So I want you to sit down in a quiet place and just look at where the risks are for your customer and say, how can I take those risks away? How can I mitigate them? How can I eradicate them? How can I reassure them that I know what I'm talking about? I will deliver. What guarantees can you offer? That is a key thing for increasing the conversion rate of leads. And it's pretty simple too. If you've got a common set of objections, the two or three things that you're always having to overcome in a sales presentation, those are the things that you need to guarantee on. Those are the things that you need to flip upside down and reverse and take out of the equation so you eliminate them. There is no objection. For example, motor mechanics. I've been to some meetings recently and I've heard motor mechanics turn and say, my trading hours are from 7 till 5 or from 8 till 5. The downside is, is that most people work from 8 till 5. And if I want to get my car picked up, I've got to leave work early. Now, that is not convenient. Now, if a person wants to increase their conversion rate of leads, they could do it by saying, we stay open until 7 o'clock at night to make it easier. Or they could turn around and say to some tradespeople, when you bring your car into us, we will supply you with a ute 
with roof racks to take away. So that way the person servicing their vehicle knows that they've got all night to work on that person's vehicle. Another one could be you put a banner out the front that says, for all tradespeople, we will guarantee your vehicle is returned tomorrow morning by 7am or we will supply you with another one at our cost. So you take away the risk. You're also going to be making an offer that no one else is doing. You might see an advert for a qualified mechanic. Well, you wouldn't be taking it to the motor mechanic workshop if they weren't qualified. You need to have something special. You need to have something where you are facing the risk. Stop stating the obvious and state a point of difference. Yes. So it's not about being better. It's about being different and better. (laughs) I love it. Jeff, let's have another one. Well, if you're a builder... You could guarantee something that most builders are horrified by. You talk about taking on the risk. You could guarantee, if you're a builder, a completion date. You could actually take the risk and say, I guarantee that the house or the extension or the addition that I'm putting on will be completed by this date. That's a massive point of difference. It's where you are taking the risk as the builder. And those points of difference, Jeff, can be the difference between someone making a decision to hire you or use your services or not. And that's worth thousands of dollars. So, Grant, we're moving on along the subject of 15 ideas to increase conversion from leads coming into your business. Another way of doing that is by using testimonials. Now, we've got the old way of doing it, which could be to have written testimonials and there's nothing wrong with that but are there any other ways of having it besides written testimonials absolutely jeff you know with modern technology there's video and what an incredibly powerful tool that is on my website it's very easy for all business owners to spruik how good they are and indeed i like to consider myself to be a very competent and capable business coach after 12 years of being in this game for over a decade I should be good at my game but it's no use me telling everybody how good I am because there's no trust there everybody's going to say that they're good at the game so on my website and I'd like anybody to go there and have a look I've got a testimonials page where I've got 10 20 30 customers with short little vignettes of videos telling what they've got out of my business coaching program so I would ask everybody could you be using on your websites customers giving testimonials about your business and you know Jeff anyone can send a little letter in and that's great but if you've got to go to the trouble of popping a camera in front of them it basically you do it on an iPhone you can do it on a cheap $200 camera has got video capacity you can video someone really easy with sound you've got someone really talking they're talking to the camera they're talking with emotion and it's real people telling real stuff it's nothing particularly flash but it is actually goes to the core of that emotional engagement of the person that's watching it you know i have them on my website as well and that's by far the greatest response i get is off that video and once again it's telling the person that you know you've got real people that are prepared to give up a few minutes of their time in front of a camera and share that with someone that's how good they feel about your service if your written testimonial was 100 a video is like 1000 on the scale isn't it that's so true grant and with video technology nowadays one of the best things to consider is hosting the video Did you know that hosting videos and a lot of people aren't aware of this as hosting videos on your website means that you're going to have to have massive amounts of bandwidth. Well, one of the cheaper ways to get around this is to use YouTube as the hosting environment. So you record your video and you post it up to YouTube and then you just have the link 
on your website. Now you speak to your webmaster and they will then be able to do this and link it back down to your website. So I agree with you, video testimonials are not where you're selling yourself, it's where your customers, proven customers that have been yours and have experienced your, your service or your product, they're speaking on your behalf. The great thing with those client testimonials is they're just ordinary real people and that's something everyone can relate to. So there's real strength in that, but there's also strength in using some personalities, isn't there, Jeff? Look, you could go about and find some people who are leaders in their field. They might be doing groundbreaking research or they could be successful investors or they could be anyone who's driving the agenda for certain buying decisions. They could be a builder who's got the latest report on where suburbs are booming in an area. And that could be the real estate agent decides to use a successful person or a well-known personality to speak at their event. And they could put videos of that up on their website or they could send out articles. They could use the personality to promote the validity of what they're trying to promote. Great idea there, Jeff. Let's talk about point three, how to make a value-added offer. Well, an optometrist could offer the age-old buy one, get one free. A real estate agent could offer the first month of property management is free. A lawyer could be, and this is unusual for lawyers or accountants to do, is get a first hour consultation for free. So you can go in or you might even be able to ring up or send an email. There's a lawyer over in Perth and the lawyer offers a 30-minute free consultation. How good's that? They're taking all the risk themselves, giving up their time by attempting to solve the problem before a person goes into litigation. So that's a great value add to the client where they're increasing their conversion rate to get the person in the door by saying, come in, we'll talk to you for 30 minutes, and it's free. You know, but let's not give the lawyer too much credit because it's not that an original idea. I just walked past a bakery this morning and they had little spicy fruit buns cut into quarters out the front and you could try one of those too, Jeff, and then decide, you know, once those stomach juices were going and I got the saliva going, I might as well buy a six-pack of those buns on the way. The listener needs to be looking at this and saying, what can I do to excite people to come and use my services? What can I do to help them? I've got the lead. What can I invent as a way of converting that lead into a conversation to open a dialogue? Jeff, point four is using on-hold messaging. You know, so often people phone in and they're not always able to get through straight away or you might have to put them on hold if you're transferring. That's a huge marketing opportunity. You've got a captured market. They're on the phone. They're tuned in. They're listening on the phone. And we can decide to give them some relative information or, you know, we've got a couple of disaster opportunities there as well. And I tell you the two that I can't stand. What do you mean disaster Well, the worst one is where you haven't even invested in a decent on-hold system. So I get the glockenspiel doing... A walk in the black forest does your head in and if you're an upset customer that's going to put you over the edge or what about when you ring up and you put on hold and you hear the radio station that's almost on station well worse than that i tell you i had a really bad experience a number of years ago when i rang an office they put me on a radio station but what they couldn't control was the content jeff now i was forced to listen to a news article which was really inappropriate it was quite a violent quite a tragic piece of news that just wasn't appropriate that this company 
was forcing me to listen to it. And I had no option. I couldn't put it on hold. I couldn't mute it or anything. And they weren't controlling the content. And that's not good. I phone a lot of companies in the States and I have businesses that I deal with there. And you know what I really like is they say, hey, we're going to put you on hold for a second or a minute or, you know, you might be the third customer in line or I might just be calling one of my customers. They give me an idea that I'm going to be on hold for a little while and they're going to play some music or I can hit the hash button and don't have to listen to the music. Because, you know, I might want to listen to my own music. I might have music in my office and I've got double music coming in. But I get the option of muting that and still waiting on hold. That is appropriate. But, you know, there's some great ways to maximize on-hold messaging and really get your story across, isn't it? Do you want to share some ideas of how we can do that? Well, if you're ringing a modem account or a, or a service technician, as you have put on hold, rather than listening to music, you could hear some specials that the automotive repairer has got. There's a tool for this, isn't there? You can literally buy or lease that system, and there's companies that will record these messages for you. So it's all doable, isn't it? And it's not expensive to have. And you can have professional voiceover work. So the recording company would come out and interview you and say, well, what sort of things do you want to promote in your business? Now, as a service department, you could say the benefits of keeping your car regularly serviced. Or you could turn around and advise the owner of the vehicle that we're releasing the latest model Holden Falcon, Mitsubishi, Magna, or whatever the vehicle is. Or it could be that you're wanting to promote a new range of tyres. Or it could be that you've got a special on wheel balancing. There are so many things that you could be saying rather than listening to music. And there's the ability to cross-pollinate. You know, if someone's calling your sales department, you might be able to take the opportunity to tell them a little bit about the service department and vice versa. So you have the opportunity of upselling them and telling them about other products that they may not have tried, that they may not even be aware that you offer, and yet in this one little instance, they can get a snippet of that. And of course, there's a prompt to call to action. So it's, hey, if you're interested in this, when you hop on the phone or ask the person that you're connecting with to tell you more about the service. So we've got that call to action. When you come off hold, ask our service technician about whatever the message was you just heard. When you're ringing an electrical retail store, they could promote their payment terms or their interest rates. They could even promote their own store card. Schools, now here's one that you may not normally associate, that schools are also in the business of making money. They need money. And what a school could advertise is the fact that they've got vacancies. They could say that we're coming up to the third school term and we've got vacancies in year seven or year 12. So even schools could promote the fact that they've got vacancies. These are some of the things that you can do to increase your conversion rate. Fantastic, Jeff. The other thing is sending out articles, like being the expert and sending out information that people find is relevant and of value to them. Let's share some ideas about how that can work. Well, hardware suppliers could send out tip sheets on how to measure a fence or how to choose a paint or how they could measure out the skirting for a room, how they could measure the area of windows or glazing or tinting that they have to sell. So hardware stores could give out fact sheets or tip sheets. Finance brokers, they could start talking about interest rates and how they could lock in interest rates. So you could use a fax out mechanism or an email mechanism to communicate out with your clients. And Jeff, a lot of franchises and businesses that where they have large groups, they'll actually supply this information to their members. They're sending it out and all you've got to do is the old insert name here, company name there, regurgitate it into a personalised branded article and then you can have it out there in the marketplace very easily done. But unfortunately, that information is sent out not often on scent. 
you touched on it there, the word personalise. If you're going to be using articles, make sure that you make it relevant to the target audience. People are now in a, such a busy environment where they're just suffering from information overload. And what most people, and certainly I'm no different, is that I'm looking for reasons to press delete or even worse, unsubscribe when I receive an email article. So an article's coming in that could be quite relevant to my business, but if it's not personalised to me, why am I reading it? I think it has to be personalised, and that talks about the quality of your list, making sure you've got the information needs to be Dear Jeff, not Mr. Dear J. Miles. It doesn't work. It's just not personalised. The other thing is don't underestimate the value of hard copy things still going out in an envelope with a stamp. And one of the things that I used to look at is that sponsorship thing coming in again and saying, how can I sponsor the post? So, for instance, if I've got the big list and other people want a part of my list, I can say to a finance broker, for instance, look, I've got this great big list and I'm sending this information out. We can put your name and your details at the bottom of this letter or on the back or a flyer can go in with it. And the cost to you to have that sent to my list, which I'm not going to share with you, but I will communicate this to my list, is that you're paying for the production and postage. So this whole thing could end up costing me not a cent. So a great way of communicating out there is by sending out articles. Now, a photographer could send out a fact sheet or some suggestions of how people could pose for wearing different outfits or they could be looking at positions that they're going to stand in or could be the way the portrait could be portrayed at the end of the photo shoot. It could be where the photo is going to sit inside the house. There are so many things to consider with just getting your photograph taken. Even if if you're a real estate agent, again, with property, lighting techniques, tips to take clever photography of property, automobile salesmen, you know, how often do you hop on the website? That's shocking, shocking photography. You want to walk around that car. You want to look inside. You want to see the thing. That photographer is seen to be the expert. Next minute, people are saying, maybe this is too hard. If we're going to do it right, why don't we call that expert Mm. in and give them the work? And as you touched on by sending it out by email, you might send out a fact sheet or a tip sheet by email. The unfortunate part is, is as soon as they press the delete button or the save button, it's no longer in sight. By sending something snail mail, as you mentioned before, a person will have a physical hard copy, which they could file. And say, well, I am thinking about getting some family portraits done. If I hold on to the sheet, I can then be prepared with either the clothes that I need to take down there or the time that I need to make the appointment or whether I need to go to the photo studio or whether the photo studio needs to come to us. So sending out something by snail mail is a great way of helping your customers to purchase from you. And make sure it's in an unbranded, personalised envelope, not a branded thing that's going to end up in the bin before it even enters the house. So I think that's really, really important. Thanks for listening to the Business Rescue 101 podcast. For more useful business tips and strategies, visit thebusinessdoctor.com.au.